Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not so classic games of the 8 and 16 bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Gunstar Heroes for the Sega Genesis. Gunstar Heroes was developed by Treasure and published by Sega worldwide in September of 1993. Wow, worldwide release. Yeah, all three major territories. PAL, North America, and Japan. That's awesome. And when we began this podcast, we wondered why so many European and Australian fans were uh, into the Genesis episodes. And I'm going to tell you, you know, this just proves the point that Sega really did care more about the international audience than Nintendo. Definitely, yeah. To their credit. Now, this game was started by staff at Konami. Right, yeah. But the uh, higher-ups at Konami were not into the game and did not want to pursue it any further. So the core team that worked on this actually left Konami to form their own studio. That's right, Renegades. But uh, when they left, they weren't welcomed with open arms to Sega either. Or oh. any other company. Oh, really? Yeah. They wanted to develop for the Sega Genesis because of its super powerful Motorola 68000 processor. Yeah, yeah. But Sega wasn't sure about this upstart company. So at first they gave them McDonald's Treasureland Adventures to work on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I've heard of this. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because one of the reasons they left Konami was not just because they wanted to make this specific game, but in general they thought Konami was relying too much on sequels and licensed properties. Right on, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, humorous that they would then go to work on a McDonald's game. <laughs> well, I heard, I think this one and, what is it, MC Kids on NES were supposed to actually be all right. Uh, so project leader Masato Megawa actually had his team working on both games simultaneously mm-hmm. and were able to show Sega a more completed version of Gunstar Heroes, and they were impressed with it enough that they then decided to publish it before the McDonald's game. Ah, okay. Makes sense. And then uh, this game was met with very critical acclaim. Sega was very happy with it, and they went on to make exclusively Sega games for the next five years. Okay. Uh, But then you may know Treasure, um, you know, just from moving on, is making many other great games. Uh, They are responsible for the the adaptions, uh, the uh, Bang I.O., Okay. Ever crossed paths with those uh, games? Sin and Punishment, very popular. Yeah. Uh, I got to play it when it was re-released on the Wii. Okay, okay. And then, uh, of course, Wario World and Ikaruga, the bullet hell, shoot him up. Yeah. No, Treasure's been synonymous with some high-quality action games for many years. Indeed. And then uh, there was a direct sequel to this game, Gunstar Superheroes. I saw that. I- I've never played it. but Neither have I, and that was out for the Game Boy Advance. Which is very, it's 16-bit style console. So I'm definitely interested in checking that one out as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Nick, what kind of game is Gunstar Heroes? It's a uh, side-scrolling, run-and-gun action game. Yeah, and in this game, of course, you can jump. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's got a great jump. Yeah, yeah. You can jump very high. It's a variable jump. So the longer you hold the jump, the more you jump. 
Yeah, and it's not. There's not a lot of actual do or die platforming, so nope. uh, it's uh, more than enough. Yeah, it's mainly used for dodging, and you can move around in the air during this jump. But you know, the jump is really not the main focus of this game. Right. It is more about the shooting. Yes. And when you start the game, you are given options before you even start playing about shooting. Yeah, you can choose between your free shot and fixed shot. And free shot is where you aim diagonally, but you still move. Yeah, you can shoot on the move, on the run and gun. So, But the only way to shoot diagonally is to run forward. Right, this is what we're used to from Contra et al., and what I used whenever I played the game. Same here. Because it is the most familiar and comfortable to me. Now, the other mode is fixed shot, and that's where you stop when you want to shoot diagonally. Yeah, and but you can, you know, you have free shot control, which with some of the weird guns uh, can help. Yeah, or some of the bosses, I think, it would be very handy as well. Yeah, definitely. So you also get to choose your starting gun, which we'll talk about the weapons in a moment. Uh, and you also get to choose your difficulty at the beginning. Yeah. I just played on normal. Same here. <laughs> I don't know what the differences are. Do you? I don't either. I even looked at some plays of expert level ones, and they I thought for sure there would just be like more hit points on the bosses or less for you, but it didn't seem that way, so I, I couldn't tell. Okay. I, I was just worried that there would be less levels for easy mode. So. Right. Yeah, same here. So when you're playing this game uh, and running around, jumping and shooting, you also have a few other moves you can do. Uh, yeah, that's right. You can you have a jump attack you can do, which I didn't even realize was an attack as much. You know, for like the first time I played through this game. Well, right. Well, it, it kind of depends on if you're the red gunstar or blue gunstar because the red one has like a belly flop kind of weird yes. looking attack. And that's I was always red. That's okay, player right. one, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if the I don't know if it's always can you both be red or does one person have no, it, to be blue? One person has to be blue. Well, blue has uh like a jump kick. As well as if you press down and your attack button, then it's like a diving kick. You can get, he has two, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, and this really confused me till about 10 seconds ago because my son was able to do that kick when we were playing two player, but I was not able to recreate it, so I had no idea how to help him figure out what was going on. Right. And we saw it so infrequently, we weren't sure if it even existed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. I didn't mess with it much, so. Right. Um, but you do also have a throw attack where if you're kind of beat up style, if you get close to an enemy, you'll grab them and then you can throw them around. Now, this is what makes two-player the hardest, is you can also throw your friend, yeah, your co-player. But that doesn't hurt them, right? It doesn't, but it does stop them from shooting and it does launch them across the screen. Sure. <laughs> and if you launch them off the edge of an area, that does hurt them. Right. The throws and sometimes the jump attacks, you can do a ton of damage with these. Oh, yeah, for I, sure. And there are certain enemies that are, I think, weaker to those attacks as well. Mm -hmm. And with certain weapon combos, you have to use that throw because you're not going to be able to hit enough of the guys. Right, yeah, with your short-range ones, or etc. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think we talked enough about that jump attack dash thing because that's also used as kind of a wall jump as well. That's true. You can you can bounce. You can do a like triangle jump, like in Batman or NES Strider. Plenty of games use this technique, and you know because you need to for certain areas, but not a lot. And it's also very useful in bosses when you know they are slowly walking towards the edge, and you know you're at the wall. This is how you jump up and over them. Yes, it's very yeah very important for that. Now on the opposite side, we have a dash, or I'm sorry, a slide. Yeah, you. what do you press? Down, forward, and your attack, and you'll do a little slide attack that can it damages opponents as well as moves you uh, pretty quickly across the screen. 
And while I never used it for damaging opponents, I did use it quite a lot for sliding under the legs of uh, various boss or mini bosses right. that would be jumping around. And then there's also a weird shoulder tackle you can do if you do like a half circle forward. Yeah, so this was another move that also uh, eluded us that you know, my son also did where he was like, did I just dash? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how it stacks up against the other ones with damage, but I know I did it a lot on accident when I would be moving my, my you know, I'm shooting to the right and then I'm uh -huh. moving to the left or I'm trying to reverse direction and then I'd accidentally go flying across, which eh, was okay. Now there is an entire separate portion of the game that takes place in a spaceship, but we're going to get to those controls later. Right, yeah, it, it's just the one level, but it's pretty cool. Which, you know, we do find in lots of games of the era, even on the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that covers all of our movement. But this game is from the makers of Contra and the Contra series. Yes. And yes. a lot of that shines through, not just in your movement and jumping, but in the items and weapons in the game. And all of your items and weapons drop from flying pods. Yeah. A la Contra. Sure, yeah. First and foremost, the most important is the heart, the health. Yeah, it'll replenish seemingly, not necessarily random, but it scales up as you go some, anywhere between 10 and 20-ish. Sometimes I've seen 40 hit points. Because in this game, you don't just have a hit or bars of health. You actually have hit points, which is really interesting. Yeah, and you'll start with at least 100 at early on, but it, it scales up as the game continues. Yeah, and some later stages, you start with up to 140 yeah, yeah. And you can even go higher than that when you get more health, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I never was never able to break 300. I don't know if there's a limit, but... I, I was never even close to that, so... Okay, okay. But I really like the fact that it is hit points because every kind of damage you take does a different number of hit points instead of it just being like one bar of health or two. Right. And sometimes it's really minor, just like two to five. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... On the flip side, you can also see whenever you're fighting bosses, they have a hit point meter as well. So you can kind of see how much damage you're doing to them. Yeah, it's a really cool and welcome uh, addition to the run and gun genre. Sure, yeah. Now, there are not free lives or one-ups. No, nope, you just have the one life pretty much. That's it. That is a trade-off for having those hit points. And once those are gone, it is game over for you. That's right. You can't continue and you do have infinite continues. And when you continue, you start uh, not at the beginning if you've gone like a certain distance. There are checkpoints, I think, as well. Yeah. They're usually like after one of the many, many bosses you will encounter. Yeah. But if you're playing two-player, the player that died does have the option of rejoining the game. Uh, and they will take half of the other player's health. Yeah. I saw that in the manual. I mean, I only played one player, so I didn't deal with it, but it sounds kind of rough. Uh, it can be, but, you know, strategically, like, if you're about to get some health or have two people for a boss fight, it's definitely, you know, a, a good option to have. Sure, yeah. And one we even used. There is another move you can do that I did not ever use because I always forget about it, but if you hold down your B and C buttons, you can block. Oh, really? Yeah, I... I would never, I never thought of it in the heat of, you know, the game, but it's there. I, I, you, I don't know how much damage it absorbs. The manual even says, like, don't rely on it too much. Huh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, the other thing dropped from those floating pods are the weapon upgrades. Yeah, this is, this is what you really want to get at. And the weapon system in this game is awesome. Yeah, you can hold up to two weapons simultaneously. Yes, and, and even two of the same weapon. Yeah, and you, I mean, you start off with 
whatever, there are four different types of firearms, so to speak. And like we said, you get to choose whatever your starting one is. And that is the one that when you continue with or start back as a lost second player, you right. will have that one gun always. Yeah, because it, it, it's kind of your default weapon. You know, it's, I don't know, there, there's no just all around generic weapon, you know. The slow machine gun. Yeah, yeah. And what's cool is once you have two weapons, they combine or stack yeah. in interesting and unique ways. Yeah, and um, you if for some reason, I never did this, if you only want to use one of them, you can press A to toggle between them instead of using your combo. I actually used it quite a lot. Uh, oh, really? In my two-player uh, playthrough. Okay. And I'll explain why when we get to some of the combos of these weapons. I got you. I, I mean, on my playthrough, I chose Force, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> I chose Chaser. But let's go with okay. Force and, and start talking about the four gun types. Sure. Um, well, yeah, Force is kind of your most basic one because it's just like a, it's a rapid fire like plasma cannon. Yeah, big balls of energy. Yeah. Shoot out machine gun style. Yeah, nice stream you can aim around. It's it's fine for what it is. Yeah, and it you know, in this game when you shoot your diagonals up and down, it's just not hitting the eight cardinal directions. There is a movement to yeah. the gun between yeah. those spots, which is really cool. Yeah, so especially with certain combos, you can get a sweet spray out of it. Mhm. And then following that we have lightning. Yeah, this which is I always thought of it as laser, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, and it looks like a laser. It's a blue line, not a lightning bolt. Sure, sure. And it fires a laser, and it goes through walls and enemies. Yeah, which is nice. But I think it's a little weaker than the other ones. Okay. I'm not I'm not sure. Like I said, I, I very rarely used any of the individual weapons. Uh-huh. Then what about Chaser, Nick? That's what I chose for my solo playthrough Okay. as my main. Gotcha. Yeah, well, this is a homing-style weapon that shoots out many uh projectiles rapidly that will you know zoom in on and attack enemies for you yeah they're like little green triangles and with uh your standard one it shoots out about like i don't know five to ten so it kind of in bursts okay gotcha so you can be caught without anything to shoot if they are seeking an enemy at times yeah i this playthrough because um you know we'll talk about it later but in my previous experience with this game i would cheesed it a lot with chaser so i kind of tried to stay away from it this time uh-huh just uh-huh. to mess with the other guns yeah i did a little bit too but i just really like the cheese in it no i mean it's awesome there are a few situations where it can come back to you know screw you over yeah and that's that is what we'll talk about here in a minute um but the other interesting thing is that when you have it held down any of these weapons just constantly fire yep auto rapid fire and with this one the swarm of chasers just like fly around you the whole time until an yeah, enemy comes yeah. out, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our final starting weapon, and that is the fire gun. Yeah, and uh, the solo version of that is just a little, it's a flamethrower, right? Right, and yeah. I think this is the strongest of the weapons. I'm pretty sure. I was. That's why I was trying to, I wish I would have chose fire because I was trying to use those weapons the most when mm-hmm. I played. But really, what makes this game so cool and so unique, sadly, is that you can stack these different weapons. So even though you start with one, you can always add another one. Or if you want, even drop the starting one you had and switch yeah. up entirely. Yeah, so you you know, moving around on the fly, getting all kinds of different, you know, there's 10 combinations you get on top of the four weapons you start with. So that's a lot of, uh, a huge arsenal. 
Yeah, and let's go ahead and talk about those right now. And we'll start with all of the different uh, versions of the force power. All right. So we'll begin with double force, force on force. Okay, yeah. This uh, The manual calls this the double fireball. Okay. But that's kind of a weird name. It's it's similar to your normal force, but it, it has a bit more, it has a spray to it where it moves up and down. Yeah, and, and uh, aren't the balls a little bigger that I you're shooting so. out? It's definitely stronger, and uh, I use this when I could, and I was pleased with it. And then we have the lightning and force, and that is the rapid fire lightning. Yeah, this one I use pretty frequently. Uh, it's pretty strong, and it's you know it just shoots a full screen like laser beam that's coming out. Yeah, and you can just wave it around. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it has a lot of play in you know if you're moving your gun up and down rapidly, you'll get a huge spread out of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really good for the areas with endless waves of dudes and bombs flying around. And this might be some of the lightning guns I know especially will destroy enemy projectiles and stuff as well as going through because that makes certain areas very easy and then we have chaser and force yeah this one uh it shoots out like a beam of what looked like to be your large force beam balls you know but uh it's it's bending around to hit things but it always comes from the same front direction so it's kind of weird it's super weird and as a, a chaser person when i would get the force i did not like this because you have to contort yourself in weird ways to hit people and things yeah it can't bend around behind you it'll just start shooting up or in if you have a screen full of enemies and it's shooting at the wrong one it can be a i don't know this is, in many ways it was like my least favorite weapon i encountered i can definitely see that and then we have fire and force and it is really cool yeah this is the exploding fireball which shoots a projectile out that will then you know, it's kind of weird. You hold down the button and you'll just keep shooting it. But when you shoot one and let go, then it explodes into an eight-directional or like circular pattern of fire. And it's really strong. Yeah, I use this uh, pretty frequently, actually. I found it to be a sleeper hit for me. Cool, cool. We used it a bit and I just thought it was pretty cool. It reminded me a lot of uh, Contra. Yeah, it's similar to the, the fire gun in Super C. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about the lightning path. Already, and then we have lightning and lightning, and that's the mega bolt. I did not see this one the whole time. I, I thought about it, and I, I really wanted to see all the weapons. So I, you know, curse myself. What, what's it look like? Is it just a big lightning thing? Is it super strong? It's not the bad guy from Darkwing Duck. I don't know if I got it either. So I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember what this one looks like. So yeah, folks, let us know if we missed out and should have been rocking that mega bolt the whole time. Next up, we have lightning and chaser, and that is uh, the appropriately named. Chaser Lightning. <laughs> Very cleverly so. This one is pretty awesome because it, you've got a little bolt of Chaser Lightning that's, you know, zooming around the screen. It's awesome. And whenever it runs out of enemies, it'll come back to you and kind of swirl around you. Yeah. And if you shoot it off at a, a straight line, it'll be a little square that circles. And if you shoot it at an angle, it's a, tr- a little diamond that circles. Yeah. And if it's like zooming around, it's like if you let it go, it'll they'll, it'll shoot off in like four directions, a little shot. Mm-hmm. But I never really found that to be useful, but... No, but this gun is a big double-edged sword because if you're playing single player, there are many points where there's lots of enemies on screen, and this gun is not fast enough to get through all of them. I remember this being my favorite from the past. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, a few times I fell back on it when I was getting frustrated with a level or, you know, didn't want to deal with it, you know. And this is the gun that I would sometimes turn off some of the features so i would just go uh, to lightning or just to chaser because like i said when there's all like over five or six guys on the screen and they're all pouring in repeatedly 
this gun cannot keep up and you will get hit from guys on one side or the other. Sure, yeah. Uh, so you will need to switch it out, really, and then also rely on that throw a lot. Mm, yeah, yeah. But this combo is the ultimate boss killer. Yeah, because you can just hold down your fire gun and then dodge away. You don't have to worry about anything. Now, on the opposite side of that coin, there are some bosses that have points that are targetable but are not the weak point. So sometimes uh, it will chase on a point that's not doing any damage. Oh, so you'll have to reshoot it and try, try to get it to hit on that right spot. Gotcha. So that can be the other problem with it. So that I really don't think it's best for single-player use in that for that reason in a lot of circumstances. But as a two-player weapon, it is invaluable. Sure, yeah. And then finally we have the lightning saber, which is lightning and fire. Yeah, this one is... A short, almost lightsaber-ish extension comes out of your gun that you can wave around. I did not use this at all because it seemed too scary to be in such close combat with so many things. I use it a lot. It's really strong. I believe it. And even though it's short, it can go through backgrounds, but it will destroy almost every kind of projectile. Oh, really? So if you're, you know, quick enough or, you know, certain areas, bosses where they're just shooting one laser at you and you can just stand underneath it and blast away everything as it comes it's pretty cool but it is really short so it's hard in a one-player game right that really now that i know that it seems like this would be a perfect two-player compliment yeah i I can see that for sure we have one person like guarding you know yeah definitely next up we have the chaser line and uh well you've heard some of these before there (laughs) is the force chaser combo there is the lightning chaser combo uh but then there is the chaser chaser combo and that is the Star Chaser. Yeah, I use this a little bit just to see what it was like in my exploratory thing where it shoots out little like green stars. Instead of the little uh, Star Trek triangles. Pretty strong, I guess? Or? It's stronger and you have m- many more projectiles out at once. Gotcha. So that is really the key factor. Uh, it allows you to hit a lot more targets out there at the same time. Sweet. Now, the big difference between just this and, say, maybe using the Chaser Lightning for a boss is that These projectiles can get blocked by various parts of bosses, Mm. whereas the lightning will just go right to the weak point. Right, find one and focus up. Uh, And then we have Chaser Fireball. Yeah, this one is kind of weird. This is like pro-level gunplay. This definitely is. um, You shoot out a fireball that... You know, it'll move. I guess it'll it's hum like a, around. It's got a, a tail. It's not just a fireball. Yeah, it is yeah. like a long-tailed plume of fire that you can then steer around yeah. with your D-pad, and it'll keep. I guess it'll move around on its own slowly, homing in. I I didn't mess with it too much uh-huh. because one player, it's kind of tough to use. Oh yeah, even I can't imagine using it ever, except for bosses. Well, I saw um, when I was watching a playthrough where one guy, pretty much the whole time, one player had the lightning saber. Okay. And the person using fixed shot was using the chaser fireball, so they're not moving when they're shooting it. So it's just that guy has his fireball moving around the whole screen, killing everything because it's really strong. And the other guy is anything else that gets through or projectiles, he's killing with the lightning saber. Huh. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. It was one I I tried out that I really wanted to use, but it's, I don't know, I, I I couldn't master it. And finally, we have the fire gun category. And we've heard all of these but one. There is the force fire, the exploding fireball, the lightning saber, which is the lightning fireball, the chaser fireball, which is the chaser fire. But finally, we have fire on fire, and that is the ultra flamethrower. Yeah, this I use this a bit, too. Um, okay. 
It's just a bigger, stronger flamethrower. Which, you know, does certainly break through the biggest weakness of the normal flamethrower, and that is its range. Yeah, I would use it kind of in the same way as the lightning saber, but it's just longer, so it's a little more convenient in that way. All right. And all of these gun combinations, like we said, you can hit a button to deselect a gun. Mm-hmm. Or when you pick up a new gun, you can drop one of your old. Yeah. So you can cycle through all of these combinations whenever you find uh, new ones dropped, or there are sometimes special areas that just have the orbs of these weapons sitting there. Yeah. And it seemed to be enemy or the, the gun drops are random. Yeah. Like they're not the ones that fall from the pod. You know, it's not like Contra where you could get any your specific weapons at right. specific points, and that becomes part of your strategy, like making it to the here. But here you could get anything, so it really benefits you to try them all out a bit and you know get some skills with each of the guns. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I also really like is that when you do complete a stage or level and move on to the next, you do continue on with both of the guns you had. Oh, right, yeah. But your vitality gets replenished. It does. Thankfully. All right, Nick, this is the Sega Genesis, and a brand new developer on the scene was money sprung for a decent, probably blue and white, manual. <laughs> well, uh, this manual's all right. Um, it is black and white. Okay. So there's that, and it's got, it's got a lot of screenshots, but not really artwork, so okay, kind of sucks. What about names and enemy kind of things? Because there's a lot of uh, weirdness going on in these enemies. I was hoping we'd get a little clarification from the manual. Me too, but there is no enemy section, and there's no, like, level preview section or anything, unfortunately. What about story? Uh, Do we know the backstory of this organization or why we're all just a bunch of colors? There is. There's the Gunstar family. Okay. They protect the planet Gunstar 9, or G9 for short. A whole planet. And, uh... The older gentleman who you see in your like control room there is Professor White Gunstar, who okay. years ago defeated uh, the robot Gold and Silver and took the four gems out of it. Oh, so it's all starting to make a little bit of sense to me now. So they're using that, and then the nefarious Colonel Red comes and mind controls uh, your guy's brother, Green, Yep, and uh, used him to steal the gems that you are trying to get back to prevent them from reactivating gold and silver who will come and destroy the planet all right so that's the yeah so you do get some story there but really the most of this manual is going through all the different controls your grabs jump attacks the you know explaining fixed versus free shot and such so what you're saying is i should have read this manual maybe i mean it's it's pretty brief you know but it you know it does its job of explaining stuff well enough how you know it does and it shows you a little chart that has the names of all the different guns but it doesn't explain anything about them i uh, know so, okay yeah. yeah but yeah so that's really all you get but it's not too shabby well nick what was your personal history with gunstar heroes well i played this game uh before on the Nintendo Wii, I think with you, really, on Virtual Console, right? Yeah, because I had no knowledge of it at all from childhood. Yeah, me either. And as we got older, I think I remember reading about it, you know, as this was a game from the Contra people. If you like Contra, check it out. Yeah. But I never saw it. It was never available in any way. And then it was released on WiiWare, which, you know, I did leave a little bit out of the history section because I figured we'd talk about it here and in the next segment. And, you know, that was... Really, for me, one of the awesome things about the Wii. People like to hate on the Wii. You know, it's the 
console for everyone, for babies, <laughs> whatever. And yes, there were plenty of horrible games released on it. But it did allow us to replay and find some of these classic games that you just weren't able to purchase at the store or find any easily or for a decent price. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, I feel like the virtual console really started off strong and then petered out after, I don't know, a year or so. The, the releases started becoming less frequent and less interesting. But you and I both really enjoyed this game and we played it a lot when it came out on that virtual console together. Yeah, I thought... In my memories, I just assumed we had beaten it, but after we did playing not. through, I, I, they had, there's stuff towards the end where I know I didn't get that far. Correct. Uh, you know, and we were playing it vanilla on the system, so without any uh, cheats or anything like that, and, well, it showed because we did not make it all the way through. <laughs> so then, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game? Um, I beat this game in one sitting. I just sat down and played through. Uh, since you have infinite continues, I just kept going. It took me about three hours. Uh, All right. I died quite a few times in certain spots, but it's almost guilt-free continuing. Correct. Yeah. And more recently, this game was re-released on the Genesis Classic uh, collection for you know every system. And it just came out on the Switch more recently, so I picked it up for that. And I played through it uh, twice. Once uh, single player and once multiplayer and beat it both times again like you said just sitting down and yeah. hashing it out now i did cheat a little bit because this version does have that new modern uh rewind feature oh right yeah and there were a couple times where i took like really stupid hits you know two or three times in a row and i'd be like well <laughs> i'll get those 60 hit points back undo and uh but you know thanks to that i was able to breeze through it in about about uh, an hour and a half or two hours maybe right on and then I did play it again with my son, two-player, and uh, you know he really enjoyed it as well. We busted through it in one afternoon. Nice. And, and uh, side note, he enjoyed it so much that uh, I noticed that like two days later, him just going through it solo, trying to beat it. Oh, cool! Yeah. So obviously, it definitely holds up. Well, Nick, here we are in the general chat portion of the show, and I would just like to start by reiterating the fact that I want to know where this game was for the majority of my later childhood up through my 20s, because I would have loved this game back then as much as I do now. It's a great one, uh, but as a Super Nintendo fanboy, it just didn't cross my path, you know? But even those people I know that had Segas, including my best friend, this was not a game that they talked about. This is not one that I remember you know, hearing a lot about until much later on when the internet was starting their early like hidden gem lists. Yeah, I had never seen it. Uh, it was 93. I guess it's a bit later, you know? So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. Now, we've beaten around the bush, but we both really enjoyed this game. And yeah. it's not just for the awesome gameplay and the cool mechanic of the guns the graphics in this game are great yeah you have a lot of very well animated sprites uh you know while there's not a huge like you fight a lot of just soldiers or those little helicopter things yeah and they are the exact same soldiers and they look they look good but you know the game really thanks to the sega genesis handles a lot of sprites on the screen at once and not just a lot of sprites but a lot of sprites and explosions a lot of explosions. When I when I was playing this, uh, Abby asked, what, she's like, what's going on in there? It sounds like exploding white noise. Like, it doesn't ever stop. You know, screams and explosions all over. It's great. 
which, you know, I was going to say for a moment, but that does get to the one weakness of this game, and that is it has really pretty good music, but a lot of it is buried behind a constant barrage of gunfire and exploding sound effects. Yeah, I really love a lot of the the quality of the explosions, etc. You know, yeah, and don't get me wrong, good. they are awesome sound effects. But when going through the soundtrack, I actually feel like they knew that because it, the, the there's not a lot of like melody and stuff. It's more like these fast-paced like dance almost beat like you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's like really it's on the nose because it's perfectly suiting the action that's going on but it's not like fighting you for attention and while we're still talking about those sound effects they somehow kind of break away from the standard sega noises which as i do like it's interesting to hear that you can get such richness out of that uh, FM synthesis chip that doesn't have that normal tinniness. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they they pulled it out, and it sounds great. Yeah, because every gun has a unique sound to it. There's some kind of voice samples going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, such as this evil laugh. Which uh, is creepy. I think whenever I hear creepy. it, I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted. But this game just does an awesome job of creating a cool soundscape in that, in that fashion. Now, these sprites are really good but one thing that blows my mind is that they are really toying with the beginning of 3d modeling oh yeah in this game yeah certain uh bosses the treasure logo at the beginning is like a cube and then you know there are a few bosses like uh bravo man and uh one other one that are made of these cubes that at first glance seem like fancy sprites but then they rotate yeah and yeah. it's kind of mind-bending it, yeah they're they're pretty cool looking and there's some great, like, I mean, I don't know if it would be Mode 7 since we're talking the Sega No, it's graphic system. scaling. Yeah, that they use with the, you know, like the 7 Force, certain bosses that are rotating parts and stuff very smoothly. It looks great. Yeah, and they also use that for a lot of transitions in levels. And, you know, that's really another thing we haven't talked about. It's the fact that as the Contra games went on, you know, we saw that they really were enjoying more and more of these mini-bosses. yeah. And this is that, like, taken to the extreme. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, every level has, like, three mini-bosses at least. You know, moving from set piece to set piece in a lot of ways. Yeah, and no level is just moving along a path that looks the same for the whole level. I mean, it is broken up into so many different parts. And there's a lot of really cool transitions that get you from one area in a level to the other. Yeah. And it's all done so cool and seamlessly that, that, uh, it's just very impressive. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, they really go a long way to cramming a lot of functionality into your three buttons. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I really love the fact that you can, that you, I really love the fact that you have that fidelity of control to dodge, not just projectiles, but in and around bosses where, you know, the bosses a lot of time have major parts of them that you can touch. Like oh, yeah, they don't yeah. hurt you at all. So you yeah. can jump, land on them or jump through their legs or other places and, you know, the fact that you have the fidelity to control that and move past the dangerous parts is really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's I don't know, it keeps all the action moving quick and awesome. Now, another thing uh, I want to talk about is the fact that this game is full of very interesting and colorful characters. Because there's not just, you know, player one and two. There is, you know, you have your professor and whatnot. And the professor character, you know, is that standard, this is the next level kind of guy. Yeah, it's yeah. a very cool and expressive sprite. But on top of that, all of your bosses are interesting and unique characters as well. 
Yeah, and they're all they're all named, and they all have some you know all their attacks have weird names that you know it displays them to you when you get to the boss. So it yeah, that's a really cool trope in this game. When you get to a boss, you find out the boss's name or the mini boss, and then you get a listing of all of its attacks it's gonna do to you. Yeah, and they're all very humorously or interestingly named. Yeah, they remind me a lot of like Street Fighter Two weird names for attacks. And it's cool because you know that plays into the ending of the game where you do you know fight them all again but through a different lens or yeah. in a different way. Yeah. But it's fun because each of those characters are given a little moment at the end of their level, too, to kind of show off some of their personality. Yeah. All right, this is the part of the show where we take a game and break it down level by level. And this is going to be quite an epic portion of this show, if it's not two shows, because... There are a lot of interesting mechanics going on in every one of the levels in this game. There's very few parts that you can just gloss over. To begin with, when you start the game, you are given the choice of which of the four starting levels to choose. Yeah, you're in a little control room that has images of each, and you can kind of peruse them. I don't... It gives you a very brief description of what's going on in each level, and what gem is there, now, what color. As far as, you know, those aren't going to power you up so much. The only real tactical advantage is that you know the first one you go to no matter what you're going to start with 100 vitality and yeah the second one you'll start with 120 and then 140 and 180 okay so if you know that, sa save the hardest one for last i guess which is you know what i ended up doing my second time through because i do think there are levels that are definitely easier and harder in this makeup i when i was playing i couldn't really remember them so i just went left to right okay and i don't think that's the correct order but I do think that the very left level is the one to start with, and that is the Ancient Ruins. Okay. Yeah, this stage is like you're in a forest. There's like forest village, a little super miniature villagers running around and such. Yep. They have like trees. And they're tiny tree little sprites, and we all, you all know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're great. You know, one thing we didn't mention is that you can also hang in this game. Oh, sure, yeah, from certain platforms that, you you can hang from them and then leap up or or leap down as as you go. You know there there's some that are solid and some that will let you through that are like a a ledge or or something. And I really recommend this as the beginning level for you because if you haven't played the very first part, really eases you into all these movement mechanics and and those kind of things. Yeah. And in this area, you're going to be introduced to the standard green and gray robot bad guy. Yeah, tons of them too. Uh, soldiers will be. You know, there's a lot that can be overwhelming for your first time. Oh, yeah. And also projectiles in the air and these, like, flying bombs. Yeah, like little helicopter like, propeller bombs. Yeah, helibots or whatever. That's what I call them. All right. Uh, you can you make your way through all of those guys and you get to your first mini-boss, Papaya Dance. Yeah, this is a... That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird... It looks like a flower stem kind of coming. It's a plant coming out of the ground and it... it and it has shoots. two attacks, the balloon bomber and the mother ant. Yeah, which uh, the balloon bomber, it'll shoot these like pink orbs out at you. Uh-huh. Now, the papaya dance itself is like a towering plant with yeah. a orb at the top of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. And it, when you shoot it, it'll start like flailing back and forth as you, you know, take its life down. But, but its only weak spot is the top of that plant. Yeah, it'll... Sometimes the, what is it, the ants, what do they call them? 
the mother ant. Yeah, which is bizarre because it is clearly a very large caterpillar that yep. will shoot out and they will crawl at you kind of from the left or right. You can destroy it apparently, but I've always destroyed the papaya before that thing got to me. It has, yeah, it's got about 900 hit points, I think, and it's really easy. You just stand underneath it and shoot up and you'll take barely any damage. Right. And after that, you will be ascending a pyramid. Yeah. And then you, this is where you encounter your first uh, helicopter variant. Of those guys. But what's funny is is they're not really a helicopter. It's just one of those uh, robots with the bomb, the helicopter bomb strapped to its back. Right, right. It's pretty, yeah. It's This is a weird kind of section because you're this pyramid's kind of step by step. Uh-huh. And then you can drop down and go into, you can see other like stairways kind of of blocks uh-huh. like beyond it. Like you can get in there kind of in this weird way. If and you, you have to down. sometimes because there's pods that will deposit uh, items and power-ups in there. If yeah. you're not careful. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, and, and you can accidentally scroll them off the screen. and Or you can also scroll off your uh, friend, a la Contra. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Or throw them into the pit death of the left side of the screen. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, be careful then, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, this, man, and this is an area where, you know, I battled my way up, and it wasn't too bad. But watching playthroughs, there are a lot of areas that are full of enemies that it's, they're not worth it. Just keep, you can just jump past them. Like, yeah, you, and they'll keep coming no matter what if you stand still. Yeah, so it's not worth it. Like, just just keep moving, and you're not. it's not like you're going to get, like, points for extra men or anything. So Nope. And then you'll get to the top, and here you'll find your next mini-boss, the previously mentioned Bravo Man. Yes, constructed of, you know, several blocks that assemble into a big robot man form. And it's really impressive looking, you know, especially for the time. Yeah, and it'll it'll kind of rotate around. He's more beefy. He's got uh, 2,400-ish hit points. He's got the attacks uh, Spinning Driver and Dragon Punch. Yeah, the Spinning Driver, I think, is like a Superman thing where he spins with his arms stuck out across the horizontally across the bottom of the screen, and the Dragon Punch is like a spinning punch that you can duck or jump depending if it's high or low. Now, is his whole body uh, hurt it? I think I think you got to shoot him in the head, yeah. but... I think his only weakness is the head, or maybe he gets hurt more if you shoot him in the head. Mm. But apparently, it does regenerate health slowly. Ooh. So, don't dawdle. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know why you would. Yeah, he's not that bad. (laughs) And then once you've blown him up, the entire floor below you shatters, and you are now sliding down the other side of that pyramid. Yeah, you're you're scrolling down super fast, and there will be some enemies spawning behind you, I think. Yeah, a laser shooting guy. They'll come, he'll, he'll slide down and start shooting at you. And uh, Now, this is the easiest place in the entire game to throw your friend off the screen. Oh, I, I bet, man. So watch out. But it's not hard. You'll get to the bottom, and there's just more village to run through. The hard part is, towards the end of this village, giant robot arms are going to be starting to pop out and attack you. Yeah, they come out of, like, the trees. If you keep running, though, no problem. You can't hurt them. The dangerous part is the beehives that yeah. surround them. Yeah, they they will. You can blow those up, but they yeah. they will emit bees and stuff. And I'm pretty sure again, just run by if you can. Yeah, the bees do like two or three damage, but if a bunch of them get on you, it can it can stack. Depending on your gun, you could take care of them very easily. But either way, they're not bad. They are not. Once you've passed all those things, you will see where those arms are coming from, and it is the final boss of this area, the Pinky Rotor. Yes. The Pinky Rotor. It is a walking robot that is manned by three villains. Yeah, you'll see the lady in there is is pink. She's one of your villains. Okay. And, and she has her two minions. And this is like a, a mech. You know, you can see them inside the cockpit, so to speak. Right. 
and it has like one big arm that it uses to attack and, and it kind of stomps around on its legs. Now its attacks are the Hitman shot and the Iron Knuckle. And the Hitman shot is uh, where one of the guys will be in a gun on yeah. the arm. Yeah, and he'll, he'll shoot at you as it moves around. And the other is the Iron Knuckle where the arm go- retracts and then comes back out with a spiked ball in the end. And I think that happens in the second half of the match once you've done enough damage. Okay. At least yeah. that's how it always seemed to work for me. And then you just have to dodge that. Now, you can only hurt this by hitting the cockpit area. Mm-hmm. And the legs, though, while they can crush you and do damage that way, they don't actually hurt you if you run into them or stand on them. Yeah, I was underneath it, most of it, because I had the lightning saber. Oh, yeah. So when he's doing his shooting at you, it'll it'll stop all those bullets, and you can just stand underneath it shooting straight up, and it'll stop most of his attacks before they even get to you. Oh, cool. So you can take it out pretty quick that way. Or, you know, do the standard jump through it or, you know, slide underneath as it walks around. Yeah, I mean, this guy's not... This lady is not tough. No, in fact, this whole level is not bad at all. That's why I really suggest starting with this one. Yeah. Once you have defeated this mech, the people fall out and... No, the people are launched far away. Yeah, Team Rocket style. And they drop the first gem to you. And then you go back to the staged select area. All right, folks, I'm sorry we got to wrap it up here, but don't worry. We wanted to give you a little taste of the level by level. But don't worry, we'll be back next week to go through more of this game. We've got a ton of crazy bosses and cool levels to get through. We've got our review portion, and uh, we'll let you know, which I think you already know, if we think you should play this game. Yeah, lots of good stuff coming on up. So if you haven't yet, grab a copy of this game on any modern console in that Sega Genesis pack, or go pirate it. We don't care. <laughs> and play along, friends. That's right. And remember, you can always get a hold of us at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we will receive your communique and enjoy reading it. I promise ye that. We also receive communiques through Facebook at Cartridge Command and uh, the fun stuff you do share with us about this and any of your other gaming memories. Yeah. We're also found on the Twitterverse at Cart Command, so... Say hi to us on that one. And of course, you can always subscribe to the show through whatever podcast device you use. We're there for you. Always. Always. Weekly. (laughs) And of course, though, we must give a special thanks to those fine and wonderful folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. For it is their hard-earned dollars that they give to us every month that makes this show possible. There may not be points in real life, but without those dollars, (laughs) this show would not, not happen. So thank you all. Thank you all so very much. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Yeah, they're cool bosses. They're cool bosses. They're cool. They're cool bosses.